Welcome aboard the Ark. You're listening to The 100 Podcast, a show about CW sci-fi series, The 100. I'm Dan, your mountain man, and today I'm joined by my favorite grounder, Olga. Hey, everybody. Today we'll be discussing your feedback for Season 3, Episode 7, entitled 13. So, Olga is back from her uh, her journey into the Rhode Island nation. And... <laughs> into the Rhode Island nation, yes. <laughs> The most powerful nation in all the land. <laughs> yeah, so we got you back. This is nice that we have you for the feedback because we have lots of great feedback from people. So thank you. Um, but before hey, we get thanks, in, thanks everybody. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, but before we get into your feedback, I do have a couple quick points that I wanted to talk about. Um, just having had a few more days to marinate on stuff, and the first thing I thought of was, um, you know how a few episodes back they had the whole idea of sort of um, impeaching Lexa. And they, I think they call it the vote of no confidence. And the whole, whole idea is that a, a, a commander can either die or be voted out in order for the next one to be chosen. Um, mm -hmm. The thing I'm wondering about is how does that work with the flame and, you know, and the, the alley 2.0, like being so like if she had been voted out, would they have like cut open the back of her neck and taken the ship from her? Probably. That seems so... I don't. I don't know enough about science, but would that have killed her? I. I mean, again, this is pseudoscience, yeah. so it's not like I'm like, well, the nerve endings connected to that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and if they went into explaining that, I would resent them for it. Yeah. Uh, theoretically. Yeah. No. It was something I thought was interesting. Uh, now that we know more about what that actually would mean, it's just like, okay, so you. It's also just a weird thing knowing how, like, almost religious this stuff is. That's, like, the commander, you know, the, the souls of the commander chose her. So the fact that regular people could then vote her out seems weird to it me. It definitely does in yeah. this ultra-traditional society. Yeah. Just a, just a weird thing I was thinking about. You're definitely right. I hadn't really thought about that scene in a quite yeah. a while um hmm. just because i mean it, it seemed less weird when we when there was more mystery about what this whole thing was about but now we actually have more of the information and i'm a little more confused you know right exactly exactly huh well <laughs> not much. I'm, I'm willing to just let it yeah. let it be just, just thought <laughs> interesting uh so the next couple things i wanted to, to talk about um were a reaction that i i listened to the dropship podcast and they interviewed the writer of the 13 and I, I believe his name is Javier Grillo Marcac. I'm sorry. I cannot pronounce this. I tried to even look up how to pronounce it. I still can't really Javier pronounce it. Grillo. It might be Grillo. I don't know. It's more of the last part of his name. I know. I, but since I don't know <laughs> that one. Yeah. But anyway, Our there were show, things, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There were a few things that he said that I, I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, one was that he was talking about uh, sort of the tragedy of the episode and that this is a tragic story and a tragic – the whole show is a tragic story in a way. And uh, he was talking about how the, the big tragedy episode is sort of Titus and how Titus uh, represents a – he said a, a toxic strain of masculinity and like the need to control things and how you know, that masculinity can ruin everything. And – my first reaction was like, oh, this is uh, like this is interesting. And like, I definitely do enjoy what they do with Titus in this episode. And it's obviously not like pro man. <laughs> it's very mm -hmm. anti man. At the same time, they're still making it, it made me realize a little bit more that they're making her death about him and not about her as much. And especially given that he's a pretty new character and a small player and she's this great warrior woman and uh you know and a queer character it, it it does it makes me a little bit more not as happy with how it went down as i once was um even though i i do think what he was saying is they had a positive intent of showing how men can screw shit up and you know i get the positive thing there but how how does that sit with you i can't tell if this is him saying that this is how he saw it yeah. Or if this is what he was told was the direction yeah. with which the episode took. Because if it was him saying, this is how I saw it, that that just sounds kind of like an egotistical actor, I'm assuming. Well, act, what do you mean by actor? I'm talking about the writer of the episode, not the not Titus's actor. 
oh wait this was i thought this was no this is not the the actor actor this is the writer of the episode oh okay that changes everything yeah Sorry, I, I missed that. Somehow I thought this was the, the actor who played him. They also interviewed him, so that might be part of it. Oh, yeah, because you told me about it. That's <laughs> yeah. what I... Okay, all right, there we go. I'm not a complete buffoon. Um, All right, yeah, now I really don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just... It's it's not just um undermining everything that they have set up with Lexa's character. Yeah. Maybe not everything, but it undermines it a whole lot of, like, again, the power of the commander... Well, I think there's a difference between undermining and ruining. Like, I think it does undermine. I don't think it takes away or, you know, like. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. It's just, this is just not, it's up to interpretation. Like, I wouldn't say seeing it, I never would have thought about this. Yeah. But knowing that that was their intent and that he didn't, or they didn't succeed in portraying that. I'm like, what else have they intended and didn't succeed at portraying. And also, why, like, did no one tell them that this is not a good idea of, like, what to portray? Like, this is not... Well... This is not a good... I mean, I, I, I get it. It's just... It's about masculinity and how... Exactly how you said How masculinity ruins things. Yeah. But, but more than that... Well, I, the guy has throw in... I think when he was talking about this, is he was trying to say... He was trying to put a positive spin and say it's not we're not we weren't telling a message of oh queerness and queer sex leads to death we were talking of the kind of an opposite thing of of masculinity leads to death and so i feel like i get like where they might be coming from thinking that's a positive thing i i i I do think it's a positive thing but then there's also just this layer of well shouldn't her death be about her to Mm -hmm. some degree um yeah and that's why a lot of the fact that it's an accident see the fact that it was an accidental death yeah is worse to me than the fact that it was an accidental death at the hands of titus yeah like it's bad for titus and i can see how it sets him off like it'll set him off down a path yeah and hopefully as an ally to clark yeah but the fact is we were kind of talking in the last episode about whether what she should have like deserve yeah what would have been a fitting end and it's more fitting that it was titus who killed her but it was less fitting that it was an accident yeah uh mm. well the thing is so like i i do think that there are a lot of layers to this like when i the very the very idea of it being more about him than about her i'm not happy with but i did like what his story was and i did like what it meant for her and i did like what she did once she was shot and how she handled the situation and her strength there so like i still feel like once she was dying it was about her it wasn't about him mm-hmm. um, that's true that's you know. very true so it's, I don't know. It, there are there are layers here, and there are things to be upset about. But I don't think it was like terrible. You know? Well, in that case, it's you know, this is why it's it's a multi-person step project. Like the writer writes one thing, yeah. The director directs it a different way, yeah. And there's room. Not only is there room for interpretation, but this is where on the page this sounds bad, yeah. But in delivery, it works. Yeah. So uh, I really can't like for the finished product. For me, yeah. given what they decided to do, yeah. this is the best that they could have done. Yeah. Like I'm, I like the story. I, I'm pretty happy. There's one actual. Now that I've had time to think about it, there's one major difference. I like one small difference that I think would make a big difference that I would have done differently. But I'm gonna save it because I think somebody else brings up a similar thing, and we'll talk about it with that email. Uh, but the other thing from from that interview that I wanted to talk about is. His discussion of the show being a dystopia and talking about, I, I think this is a direct quote. If I'm a little bit off, I apologize. It's, uh, he says, it's a world you didn't want to live in and want to avoid at all costs. And he says a lot of stuff like that over and over again about how, like, this is not a good world. This is like we failed and what what happens from that. And so the show, obviously, from the very beginning is a dystopia. And we know it's dystopic. The one thing that I was thinking about that I felt like needed to be addressed more is that the show is also a utopia and that they very clearly have created a utopic area into this too, where gender is not brought up, where race is not brought up and where uh, labels are not necessary for, you know, different kinds of queerness or, you know, it's just, it's sexuality is accepted. And um, those are all very utopic ideas. And so it does sort of rub me the wrong way. Sometimes we just have the blanket statement of, you know, this is a world you want to avoid at all costs when he's obviously, where they're obviously also making this utopia and, um, and sort of the, the, 
weird and so like obviously i love all the utopic things and i love all the dystopic things but sort of the back and forth of those what's what works out that's good and what works out that's bad i just think it's he's he's being a little bit too black and white in this message mm-hmm. and this particular and, and you know this particular thing um in that like i think what they're creating is is a complicated world that has a lot of problems but also isn't just awful and and has a lot of positive things too and has some things to strive for and some things to strive against um so like what the act again final product i like more than what he's saying but you know i mean it's also like you could say that's very true about the world we live in yeah where it it does have dystopian dystopic yep uh elements to it quite a bit and it could to many seem that way if you if it was straight on the page yeah see it's wrote some bullet points down about exactly on, yeah exactly but in other ways there's a lot of utopian aspects to it in terms of what we can do and what we are doing for each other and the societies we've built and it's all about how you read it actually in back in back in high school i did an entire um like presentation in my english class based off of my thesis about how like one the way a aspect of something could be utopian but then if you read it in a different way like it it quickly become <clears throat> it can be interpreted as uh dystopic as well yeah and i actually think uh they're they're really they're actually playing with these themes a lot with the whole city of light thing mm-hmm. where it's like you know because it, it, it the first thing i thought of when you said that was was like heaven or like there's some utopic things there but then when you're like well i, I still don't have my body or i i in order to not have pain i can't you know have love you know there's there's weird issues there too mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i have to say um so now now i'm off like on a tangent of comparing the hundred to this book that i did this thesis on <laughs> yeah. called uh cloud atlas and there was a movie don't watch the movie because it's all about mushy gushy romance which is an element of the book but not like the focus so yeah. i recommend to everyone read cloud atlas you won't regret it it's one of the most creative books out there yeah. Olga's book recommendation of the podcast. <laughs> was the, was this your big senior thesis type? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one. And it's all there was definitely a utopia versus dystopia yeah. element to it. And this is definitely ever since then, ever since I read that, I'm like, you can find elements of both in whatever world you live in, whatever perspective you have, in yeah. like whatever placement you have in that world. Hmm. That's funny, because if you want to read about more direct, obvious dystopias, you can uh, check out my senior thesis paper, which was about 1984 and Brave New World. So <laughs> not not the paper itself. Yes, but the oh, books. But... <laughs> yeah. You've published your senior high school senior thesis, Dan. Oh. <laughs> Peer-reviewed? <Yeah. laughs> 1984 and Brave New World are really great, though. People they are. They definitely are. All right. All right. First email. Let's do it. All right. You want you read this first? Yeah. So this is from Michelle. Michelle says, this episode of The 100 was game-changing, to say the least. The AI storyline finally collided with the Grounders and Arcadians. I love where they're going with the AI storyline now that we get this melding of worlds, but I really want to share my feelings on Lexa. I've seen tons of different reactions to the unfortunate death of Lexa. These ranged from joyful, hateful, neutral, and heartbroken. What's bothered me the most... Uh, is the hostility that's been present. I'm by no means unbiased here. As a member of the LGBT community, I'm one of the biggest Clark, Lexa, and Clexa fans you can find. A lot of hostility has been thrown my way and in the way of many disappointed Lexa fans. It's uncalled for. We're all entitled to our own feelings, and just because you don't understand why we're upset doesn't mean that way we feel about this episode is invalid when somebody says they're hurt it's not anyone's right to try and invalidate that when someone's hurt that's their emotion and it's a fact why don't we stop there for a second and just say yes one hundred percent i cannot agree with this enough actually at the conference i was at this weekend one of our keynote speakers um Megan Tongis. Um, if you're into YouTube or vlogs or present online, you might have heard of her. She's a musician and an activist, and uh, she's incredible. And this is kind of one of the things she touched on of like your the way you feel about yourself and the way your decisions are, like what you decide. No one else can take that away. Yeah. I hope we didn't say anything last episode that 
invalid i tried to it seems like it was trying to invalidate anything anybody else is feeling people like could feel what they want to feel and that's fine and i'd like to hear from you and that's why we're doing this so yeah exactly exactly so yeah i'm all about this anyways clark and lex's entire relationship from the moment clark walked into lex's tent begging for an alliance to their kiss as lexa took her last breath has been amazing. It was a love story of two strong, powerful women thrust into roles they'd never have chosen for themselves in a million years. They started out as enemies and slowly grew to understand, respect, and love each other. As a member of the LGBT community, it's the love story I've been waiting for my whole life. Aside from the love story, the hundred gifted us with Lexa the person, the strong, stubborn, pragmatic queer leader who beat the odds and brought 12 warring clans together. She knew loss. She knew love. She knew the dangers of dropping her guard for even a moment. And most of all, she knew the line you walked when trying to appease both your head and your heart. For us queer folks, this is a character we never get. And it was wonderful. Lex has helped countless queer women, myself included, come to know and accept who they are. Lex has mattered for so many reasons outside of her relationship to Clark and her death is devastating. There are barely any queer women on TV, and they're generally not the most fleshed-out characters. Often treated as an easily sacrificed pawn in the chessboard of a show's storyline, so much so that it's classified as an overused trope, bury your gaze. The hostility I've seen and received about getting over Lex's death since people die on the show all the time only adds to the hurt. I understand people die all the time, but when it's one of a handful of fully developed queer characters on TV today, it's devastating. Anything you want to say here, Dan? Um, I don't know if anything specific, but just, uh, I, you know, this is this is a, one of the longer emails, and I think they even said you don't have to actually read it, but I was just like, this is very well thought out. And, and very uh, important. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're including it. And, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, what is, what's really unfortunate is that in the community of fans of this show, the show that is all about representation and diversity and equality of at least attempting to flesh out these characters yeah and support of characters like lexa like clark yeah the fact that the fans can so easily turn on each other yeah based on opinions like this like the fact that the fact that you're going through this like hostile environment michelle that to me is just it's really sad because it's just a thing of not having empathy and yeah if anything you'd think that the fans of the show would be really empathetic so you know open your minds people yeah i think it's just that people's passions run so heavy in, in these types of things and that people are, are so invested in it because of personal reasons that when you're that impassioned about it you, you have trouble just calming down and 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 just logically discussing differences of opinion you know? I, I can understand that I can yeah. understand. I definitely can understand that as a self-proclaimed nerd <laughs> and like member, I'm not super like fangirl in a lot of ways, but like before when I was younger and I definitely had more time to do that. Yeah. I was more like that, but it's something that you, I think everyone has to work on. You yeah. have to be self-analytical. Like you have to try. You can't just let everything that you every little thing you think slip out of your mouth. Yeah. It's or through your fingers onto the screen. You have to think about the consequences of your words yeah. and how you'd feel if you were on the other side of them. Yeah. And there's something about the anonymity of online. Like you're almost not talking to a person. Like you can easily forget you're, you're not yeah. talking to another fully fleshed out person on the other side, yeah. but everyone needs to, everyone needs to at least try and not let their passions get carried away in this negative way. It's great when your passions go to a positive end of support and developing something, yeah. but when it's getting people down, that is, you're not hurt. You are hurting. Yeah. You're hurting everyone and you're hurting your own argument. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I went on a tangent. <laughs> it's like in a super, super social justice like <laughs> wrapped up mood. Yeah. So anyway, 
Michelle continues, I knew Lexa was going to die. All the signs were there. Aiden was basically Chekhov's not Blita. Alicia's a lead on another show. Lexa mentioned her death as often as humanly possible. (laughs) So yeah, her death wasn't a surprise. The pain in my heart comes from how they dealt the final blow. They finally brought Clark and Lexa together in a bittersweet goodbye as Clark had to go be the leader Arcadia needs but doesn't deserve, in my opinion. Not even a minute after the show gave us the moment we've been waiting for since Lexa kissed Clark in her tent just over a year ago. They took it all away. We didn't get time to enjoy that we finally got a queer couple that found happiness despite the world working against them. That moment meant more to the LGBT community than any other moment in the show. Less than one minute later, Lexa was on her deathbed. Her death was a grave injustice to Lexa as a person. Getting shot by stray bullet robbed her of her agency in her final minutes. Had Lexa died shoving Clark out of the way, it would have been her decision to put herself in the way of a bullet. Had Ron killed her in battle, it would have been a warrior's death. Hell, if Clark had slit her throat in episode three, it would have been her decision to let Clark do that. But she got shot on accident, and she deserved better than that. So let's talk about that. Um, the one thing I want to say is I totally agree. I, I think that the very small thing they could have changed is just having her push Clark out of the way. And it, so it would still be Titus <laughs> accidentally hurting someone he cared about. It's it's exactly the same, except yeah. that she chose to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that I would have been very happy with that. Um, and I, I still don't think what they did was terrible because again, I, I keep coming back to the whole deserved better thing. I just have trouble with because good people have shitty things happen by accident all the time. And, um, you know, but maybe for the sake of art or for the sake of representation, you, you, you know, you give them more than what reality, you know, dictates, but you know, it's. This, this is already an unrealistic show. You yeah, know? yeah. But I, yeah, I, I think that 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 small cha- that small change, honestly, would be like a, a slight, uh, slight half a second difference uh, of of framing or whatever would have made a significant difference here, and it would have been, uh, I think, it would have been a lot better in my opinion, but. Yeah, mine too. I mean, this is basically like what I said earlier when we were discussing the dropship interviewer, where I was saying, what I don't like is the fact that it was at Titus. I mean, the fact that it was accidental. What I do like, it was an accident that Titus caused. Yeah. So, like, basically that. It's it's the difference of agency. Yeah. That... The thing is, I guess, I guess my, my reason I, I don't feel as strongly, I think, as some other people about this is that I, I don't feel like that one moment of lack of agency undoes all the other agencies she's had in the show including in the seconds after her after she gets shot that's you know i i think that yes that particular moment sorry i think you got cut off a little bit what you're saying i was just saying it's true but i i have to agree where it's 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 just that this is such a rarity in television that every moment counts yeah that's why and for her death to be at a like such a pivotal thing yeah. To not be in line with everything else. Yeah. That's what's really getting people down. Yeah. Um, as far as the sex thing, I think upon further reflection, I think they probably should have done it in that scene where she came late at night that one time. It was a little bit too soon, but not so too soon that it wouldn't have been worth it. I, I, but at the same time, I understand why the writers felt like it was too soon, and they wanted it to be earned, and I get that. Um, but I feel like the mi- the misstep of going too soon is is worth it, you know, kind of. But that's you know their choice, and they're the writers, and it's debatable. Yeah, yeah, I can see that definitely. Yeah. All right, and now to finish off, yeah. despite everyone's reactions and feelings towards the episode, I'd like to remind the fandom that it's not fair to be rude and hateful toward a storyteller for not telling the story you want. It's their story to tell. The emotions you're feeling say more about you than anything else. If you find yourself projecting hate toward the storyteller, pause and take a second to look at yourself and ponder, why am I feeling this way? What about this story has resonated with me so deeply that I'm feeling these emotions? Awesome. Definitely true. That's kind of another aspect of not just turning hate to each other in in the fandom, but like towards the writers, yeah. towards Jason, etc. Of taking a moment before you write anything, before you forget there's another person yeah. at the well, end. And 
Well, and the other thing is that so much hate is slung his way in ways that seem over the top that it makes it so I don't know whether to believe what he deserves. Like, you know, like I, I, I don't as far as like, I don't know whether to believe people when they when they say that he's being shady in this way or that way or he's being mistrustful in this way or that way, because it's like there's so much anger towards him. I feel like a lot of it seems like it's over the top and just based on things in the show not going the way people want them to go. Maybe there are some legitimate big things people have issues with, but I can't even see really pick apart what feels real and what feels just like people riling each other up. And... They get lost in the fray. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Shall I go on to the next yeah, email? So... All right. Yeah. From Anne in Wonderland. Uh, just a note to your last episode. When you're talking about Klexa, please don't use the term lesbian representation. I don't want to label Clark, but she's she'd be bi, bi or pansexual, not lesbian. Her being with another woman doesn't make her or their relationship lesbian. She's still bi slash pan. The better term would be same gender relationship or two women together. Um, I don't know if I if I slipped up and accidentally said this last week, but I, I definitely remember saying female female relationship at least once. And I'm, when I, I'm pretty sure when I was talking about le- lesbian representation, I was talking specifically about Lexa. About Lex. Yeah. Yeah. Given that Klexa and Lexa is so interchangeable, that might have been the mistake. But I, I get where you're coming from there, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry if we if we slipped up. Absolutely. But this is a great opportunity to make this announcement and make this clear. Yeah. All right. Uh, I personally didn't see them as queer as a queer baiting. Uh, people die on the show. People of color die on the show. Women die on the show because those people are on this show. Um, now that Klexa is dead. No, Lexa. What? Lexa. You said Klexa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Case in point. It's no. very uh, easy to mess that up. Now that Lexa is dead. We don't have two women together, but I'm not too worried. We didn't have two two men together either for some time, and now we ha- now we do. But they should have kissed, by the way. But but this is coming from someone who's pansexual, and I already got my representation, so I understand that someone who identifies as lesbian can be angry. I do have an issue about the show and the LGBT representation, or basically just a just a correction to people who talk about the show having LGBT representation. There is definitely LG and B, but there are no trans people. Uh, so it would be better to just say LGB representation and don't use LGBT uh, as an umbrella term because all the letters have have their meaning. I think we should probably just go with queer. I think like that's just like an easier thing to do. I agree, but yeah. I have friends or I know people and have followed like community enough to know that not everyone also likes the term queer. Mm. So it's, it's very, yeah, it's, it's like hard to discuss a show in which labels don't exist. Yeah. And a show in which like they live up to the ideal of not needing labels. Yeah. Or being a society beyond labels, I should say better Mm. um, while also using this, but I definitely agreed that, you know, Technically, here there are. It is only LGB. Yeah. So, uh, so moving on, uh, you could easily have trans people on the show, and if the City of Light is the perfect place uh, with no imperfections, they'd have the bodies that fit them in there. So much potential. Just thought. Just a thought, though. I didn't expect the show to do this. It's another level of representation that's probably too much for something this mainstream. But maybe one day. Um. Yeah. I mean, the sad thing is that. Like in some ways, that's the that that seems like the thing that is the most down the road for most mainstream stuff, mm-hmm. and even for something that is more progressive like this, it it would still be surprising to me if they actually did that. I hope that they do. That would be great. But if I I wouldn't I wouldn't be expecting it, you know. And that's a sad thing. And I don't think that mainstream culture is there yet, unfortunately. And I hope we get there soon. Um, anything else you want to add there? Just want to say that, you know, it's hard. Things can't become mainstream until people who are in power, who have control over it, put them into the mainstream before yeah. their time. Yeah. Um, about the way Lexa died, I think it was done very well. We all knew she was going to die soon, and I think we were waiting for it, jumping with worry when something was going on near her, and I was even thinking it would suck because we'd all see it coming. Well, I didn't see that coming. Any big fight battle wouldn't feel so bad because I'd know it would happen and I wouldn't have that, oh my god, Lexa died, what the fuck just happened moment. 
which was my reaction here. Uh, she was badass and deserved a great death, and I think she got it. Maybe getting shot is lame, but the fact that I didn't expect it and that it was her friend made the experience just heartbreaking, and that's what makes a good show for me. How I feel when I watch it, not if it looks good on paper. Uh, and the performances were amazing. Thanks to the podcast, I always enjoy it, and I really like your TMI stories. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, last point aside, <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is exactly it. Everyone has varying opinions on it, and it's nice to hear another side to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I at least agree in that, like, I I definitely prefer this than if she just died in the Roan battle. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yes, that is... would have been so early. It would have yeah. sucked. Yeah, and I just think, yeah, you would see it coming, and this is much more, like, hit-you-in-the-gut kind of punch, you know? It's... But I don't know. Maybe you could say that that's shock value and she deserved more than shock value. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. Next email. Okay. All right. Our next email is from Crystal. I normally don't give feedback on things. I tend to just enjoy listening in from time to time. But this latest episode has been so polarizing in terms of reaction. I thought I'd weigh in on this fandom explosion. It wasn't until last night when watching The Walking Dead that I truly realized how much Lex's death did not sit right with me completely. While watching The Walking Dead, expecting someone to die, I said out loud, it's going to be like Buffy. They are killing the gays this week. The thing is, I saw Alexa's death coming a mile away. Alicia is a series regular on Fear the Walking Dead. It's kind of hard to ignore that. Also, this season has been building to her death. You can't introduce all these Nightbloods and not make me expect a conclave in the future. You can't blatantly show people wanting Lexa dead or overthrown and not expect her demise. Yet... When it finally happened, and it finally unfolded on screen, I felt uneasy. I watched it play out, and all I kept screaming was, That's so Buffy! That is shot for shot Buffy! That said, I was able to process everything. What? Hold on, why don't we talk a little bit about the Buffy thing? With I'm, I'm not, I don't. The problem with this is I don't want to spoil you because you haven't seen Buffy. But... And you're like on my butt. <laughs> and I'm on your butt. I, uh, I didn't for, for once. I didn't want to swear and say on my ass, but yeah, you're on my ass about watching Buffy. So <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just gonna say I am interested I, from the people's reactions about this. It feels like people are way more negative about that Buffy scene than I realized because I personally think it's good. Um, it, the fact that it became a trope is a problem, but in the original time, I, it felt I thought it was a good artistic decision, but um. The fact that it is so shot-for-shot shot similar is definitely worrisome. I think that the actual arc going around and the characters and what they're dealing with and then the way she dealt with, you know, actually dying is all very different. And again, uh, before this even happened, I had already heard interviews with Jason saying he hadn't seen Buffy again because of the whole Finn death being very similar to another Buffy thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess you could argue that if you're writing a show like this, you should do your research about queer character deaths and stuff. But, um, you know, people, he's busy. He's writing a show. So also, parallel thought is a thing. Yeah. And uh, it says this is, frankly, for the next generation. Yeah. Like, you, a lot of people don't, haven't seen Buffy. <laughs> and a lot of people have, but... Yeah. Now that it's been over for, what, like, 15 years, 20 yeah. years? But, I mean, the thing is that now it, people see it as a trope now. Is, I, I know, but it wasn't at the time. Yeah, it but no, my point is that now it's like, it was one thing when it happened then. Now it's like you're just, you're still doing this 15 years later, I feel like, is people's issue. I'm definitely, I mean, that's that's definitely true. Yeah. But I just mean to say that because, kind of going back, because there's so little of the queer representation. Yeah. And... It definitely is a thing of, like, at least do it differently those times if you haven't seen it. The issue here is that it's shot for shot, yeah. quote. Um, and if you haven't seen that original shot, then this isn't an example that you've seen before. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it all just comes down, so much of this just comes down to issues with other shows and the fact that overall there isn't enough representation and that if there was no people wouldn't be having these reactions. And, but I mean, that is the world we live in. So I get, I get, I get that, but I, I feel like isolated. This isn't like, there are issues here. Like we said, like she probably should have pushed Clark out of the way, but I don't think it was like awful or anything. Mm-hmm. Again, people have their opinions. All right. 
With that said, I was able to still process everything outside of how they killed her. I was still able to see how much her death moves the story forward, despite how silly and, quite frankly, lazy the execution was. How was Ali 2 supposed to defeat Ali 1? How much of Lexa was Lexa and not Ali 2? What exactly is the Conclave? How exactly does the Spirit choose the next commander? So many questions. Do you want to talk about anything here? No, I mean, I guess I guess the degree that it's like it raises a lot of great questions and it does move the story forward. And so, yeah, it was yeah. wasn't in vain. I personally like that. I I, I can't see I, I personally don't see it as lazy execution. Well, I I think that I, I was a little confused by that. The, their uh, writing the first time I read it, I think I don't think they're saying all these questions is lazy execution. I think they're saying the questions are the good thing, but the way they got to it, obviously, accidental death is the lazy execution. And the oh, okay, uh, okay, all right. I think I'm a bit of a different perspective from the rest of the queer fandom because I was not really engaged on social media as much as they were talking to my friends about it. This is sort of what I got from it. The showrunner asserted himself into the conversation of how positive this show was for LGBT representation. He pretty much called himself a champion of it and said that Lex's story would be different. The frustration comes from months and months of promoting this relationship. He even spoiled a major plot point on the show before it even aired to give the false sense of hope that Lexa wouldn't die. Lexa was always going to die. Case in point, this tweet by a critic who attended Comic-Con last summer. Uh, she put a link to uh, Eric Goldman saying that he had been spoiled on this accidentally during Comic-Con. So they knew all the way back at Comic-Con last year. Um, mm. I mean, I mean obviously, obviously, if you hear anything Jason says, it's, it's pretty clear that they knew from a long, for quite a while, even before the season started, started, you know, production, that they knew that Lexi was going to die. Um, there's some more stuff about this in a, in a later tweet, so maybe we can come back to this part of it. Lexa was brought back as a giant plot device. I'm personally fine with that because, again, the payoff of bringing that character back is just too good. But others feel used. I get that, too. It's hard to see a plot point replayed almost shot for shot and not think of it as a dead lesbian trope, especially when Blank's death on Buffy is pretty much the storyline that started the trope. Uh, and then she went on and, and gave us a few links and stuff, which we appreciate, but where you weren't going to, like, really delve into here. Um, so anything else you want to say with this or... I think we're going to be discussing the fact that it was spoiled. Mm. There was a major plot spoiler later on in this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll save my discussion yeah. for that. For yeah, later. the discussion of, of Jason and how he sort of maneuvered things, I think we can we can get back to in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but this next this next email uh, from Jessica was actually sent before the episode. It's a totally different topic, but I wanted to make sure she was included, um, especially because she's from Sweden. And that's pretty cool. Oh, Scandinavia! (laughs) So she says, Hi, I'm a new listener from Sweden. Thanks for the great and interesting podcast about one of my favorite television shows, The 100. There aren't many podcasts here about any television shows at all, I think, so I'm happy that I found yours. I've got one question that I've been thinking about since the end of Season 2. I'm curious about your thoughts on it. So now, this is a similar question to stuff we've gotten before, but it's an interesting twist that I I, I appreciated. So um, she says... It's about Clark and Lexa. Do you think that Lexa would have chosen differently and not betrayed Clark and Mount Weather in this episode, uh, in the episode Blood Must Have Blood Part 1, if Clark uh, wouldn't have backed off in the kiss and said that she wasn't ready yet? It would definitely have been an interesting scenario if their relationship had been different at the time. It would still have been a betrayal, but a worse kind of betrayal. Well, keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to the next episode of your podcast and, of course, The 100. Hmm. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Because I've been thinking about the kiss, but not yeah. the lack of more kissing. <laughs> the lack of more kissing. Wait, what? What? Yeah, no, that makes some sense. Yeah, it does. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's interesting. If they had progressed more, I feel like Lexa probably still would have done it, but it would have hurt even more. I do think it's interesting. I think it was still the right choice on the writer's part to not to have Clark back off, even if it would have risen the stakes, just because I don't think Clark was there yet. But yeah. Yeah. again, I I've mostly appreciated the the writers, uh, like taking their time. Exactly, pacing yeah. with romance. Yeah. Or lack of pacing with romance, like Raven. What do you mean by lack of pacing with her? Like, with her and Wick. Oh, okay. When she was just like, I need, you know, she she just wanted that physical side of things. With Raven in general, with the Bellamy thing, too, and... Well, I meant aside from season one, because... But I thought thought the Bellamy thing in season one was good, actually, with her and Raven. With him and Raven. 
Yeah, yeah. but overall, season one and romance aren't very successful. Yeah. <laughs> and also the fact that that was almost like that was so not touched on ever, ever again. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what's the point? Okay, bye. <laughs> Remember when Bellamy was like a man whore? Yep. I'm sorry if that's not a politically way, a poli- politically correct way of saying. It. I've been, I'm like trying to be all good about everything, <laughs> everything else here, and then I'm like, Bellamy's a man whore. <laughs> I don't know, but I've never heard of that as being in, in, in politically correct. But I don't know. It's kind of. I don't a, know. It's kind of a joking term. It's not like you're actually attacking him for his. No, but the idea is that the fact that it has to be man whore, and not just like he's also a whore, like. A yeah. I'm going to stop saying the word whore. <laughs> so, moving away from the whores and on to Tumblr, we have a quick question from Tumblr, uh, or more more of a comment from Incredible Ted. Uh, they say, This episode devastated me. Not only was Lexa my favorite character, but she was also my role model as a queer person myself. Her death was so blech. Uh, I knew there was a possibility she'd die, but having her killed off like that was ridiculous. I feel like we talked about that point of view yeah. before, but thank you for uh, including it. And on Tumblr, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So from Maslanian underscore on Twitter. So apparently Alicia was able to be on both The 100 and Fear, but Jason decided to kill her off anyway. Julie Benson, who writes for the show, talked about it in a periscope. All right. So this is a very breaking thing for me. I, she's Maslanian. I saw this from her today, uh, only a, like an hour or so before we started recording. So I haven't really been able to get all the facts about this yet or and it's also not very easily verifiable as apparently because the periscope is not one of those periscopes where like they saved an archive of it there's no way to we rock it so it's only on the words of people who saw it live um and so the idea here is just to reiterate is that one of the writers was saying that alicia could have been on both and jason didn't want to do that i have a feeling that's a po- I, I'm not going to say like it's impossible that he's just a total liar. Like He could just be a total liar and just be using this to get people off his back. But I have a feeling that, pe- that this was misconstrued, and it was more just the Fear the Walking Dead person being like, oh, we were open to more or trying to get it to work or whatever, which I'm sure is probably true, um, and that maybe maybe it was coming off to her as, as though Jason was saying, like, oh, they took her away and we, keep, we could never use her again. I think it's more about... They're in Mexico, they're in uh, hundreds in Canada, and even if they could have gotten Alicia back once in a while, she was never going to be back on a regular basis, and it was going to be very difficult to schedule that, and you have to write around it and not knowing when she'll be available and things like that. That's a massive hurdle, and I don't necessarily blame them, even if they could have gotten her back, to being like, she's such a major character, we don't want her popping in and out, we want to just write an end for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that would bring together a more cohesive story yeah as well exactly that, i mean things like this happen yeah. and i mean I, I, they got her for a logical you know for a consistent amount of episodes with like yeah. a consistent amount of screen time yeah this season and then they chose to bring it to a like prioritize story potentially and i'm okay with them prioritizing story and as I and especially, I mean, I do think in some ways it's uh, it's about giving service to the character because I'm pretty sure I re- heard them talk about like what we thought about like her going off into the woods to escape something and like she'd come back once in a while or whatever. But it's like, is that really what you want for Lexa either? I'd mm-hmm. kind of rather like I wouldn't want to be like walking every episode being like, where is she? Is she gonna come back? Like, what's going on? Like, I she's such a major part. I feel like you needed to close that chapter now. I mean, I don't know the specifics here, and I don't want to overly come off like I'm defending Jason, because I don't know. Maybe he was just totally hiding behind the Fear the Walking Dead thing. I don't think he's, like, maliciously killing queer characters because he loves doing that or something, because he clearly didn't have to write them in the first place. I think that he... Now, but either way, even if he just did it for story reasons because he thought it was right, and now he's hiding behind the Fear the Walking Dead thing, well, that's not cool. That's a problem. But I th- I feel like it has to be more complicated than that because just the sheer idea of Mexico versus Canada, like he's not just making things up. That's no matter what, even if they could come back once in a while, that's not an easy thing to organize. And that would hurt the story if they were trying to figure out when she'd be around and how we're going to write this episode and that. Like, I don't know. It's 
maybe we'll get more information about this. But I'm also just kind of war. I, I I felt like I wasn't even sure if I wanted to include this because I'm like it's just the word of some fans who are clearly angry. And if I don't have a link to the person saying it and what they actually said, you know, if people have this information, they have more to talk about here. Send it our way, and we'll talk about it. But mm-hmm. yeah. but we don't know. That's basically what you're getting at. Okay. Is that all you want, want okay, to say on that? The, yeah. What's the spoiler that you want to discuss? Not even I know. Um, you do know. We talked about this. Um, oh. <laughs> so, but we haven't talked about this on the podcast. So there's the next, the next and, and last tweet here is in, involves a, a spoiler. I don't consider it a huge spoiler or a surprising spoiler. But if you don't want to know, I guess this would be a good time to probably check out because uh, this is pretty much the end of the of the feedback section. Uh, again, sorry if we didn't get to everybody. We had to do a kind of a faster episode this time, just because it's our second one and we're our busy people. Um, but if you, the main thing is if if you're leaving us now, please rate us or review us on iTunes. That would be super great. And uh, thank you to those of you who have. All right, shall I go into the spoiler now? Yes. All right. So at Arya underscore Hedda says. And Jason invited fans to watch them filming the finale live in Vancouver. A fan uh, told him that they were scared that Lexa would had died, and he said that they were reading too much into things. He tweeted and slash invited fans to watch them filming, and Lexa was there. It feels like he was trying to show that Lexa was alive t- until the finale. So the spoiler here is that Lexa is in the finale. And so, I mean, I think... Oh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, I think we could have all kind of guessed that she would be back in in some way through the City of Light or the Flame or whatever. Um, I, we didn't know specifically the finale, but uh, yeah, that's what I, I I was like, oh, I figured she'd be back because they set up the whole like she lives on through Ellie too, blah yeah. blah blah. But yeah, but I didn't realize that would be the finale. Oh. Yeah. So, um, so I'm sorry, Helga. I thought you understood this, so I'm sorry if I spoiled you. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> um, care. Yeah. The thing about this is, so, yeah, it does seem a little shady that it seems like he was trying to convince people that she was still alive by bringing bringing them to a a scene where she was back and it was the finale. Um, That does seem shady and and not really cool. At the same time, he was, it seems pretty clearly, trying to combat spoilers. And I had been seeing spoilers that Lexa died for months. And I'm like, if I was him, I would want to try to combat that so people could see my show organically and, and not know what was happening. I, I mean, I don't know. There is a, there is, there's a, a definite debate about what's more important, protecting your art or, you know, the giving false hope to these queer teenagers is, you know, is that, is that morally imperative that you just tell them the truth or are you, you know, allowed to protect your art because it's your art. I, I think that's understandable if you feel strongly about the moral imperative thing. I think that it is debatable, and he probably made the wrong choice, but I don't I don't know. It's a complicated question. But I wonder what he thinks now, like now that yeah. it's been, you know, almost a week. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think he really understood what was coming for him. And again, I, it, it's one of those things where I am – I am torn about this because people keep talking about how he gave people false hope and like understandably like that, that makes sense to to me on the level of like, these are characters people really care about. And these are queer individuals who don't have a lot of representation and they're young people and they care about this a lot. And so like, that does feel shitty at the same time, he's giving them false hope about a fictional character. You know, like it doesn't, it's not like he was a doctor who lied to them about their father was going to survive. And then he didn't like it's, I don't know. It's it's a, people feel what they feel. If they feel like it, they were led astray, then that's how they feel. Um, I don't. I, I do think he should be called out on this. I do think he should learn from this. But I don't think it should undo everything. All the really positive things that the show has done. And I do think mm-hmm. the show has done a lot of positive things. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I'm sorry. I feel like I ranted a lot. <laughs> That's okay. I feel like you also have stronger feelings about this than I do, yeah. so that's okay. <laughs> Let him free, Dan. This is your platform. Anything you want to add? I mean, how do you feel about it? Do you think that he made a mistake? Do you think he shouldn't have done that? I, I honestly, just like all of the spoilers that have been rampant yeah. across the internet, I know it's hard to prevent them from leaking out. Yeah. 
there's like I'm, for me it's in the game of thrones community more like well it's been on longer too so that of like how people desperately want to find out spoilers and for the showrunners to try to combat that it's not yeah. easy so you know i i i don't exactly like what he did but i don't really know what other choices he's had yeah well that's the thing is i mean it's not he's it's not a revolutionary thing for a showrunner to lie in order to protect from spoilers that happens mm-hmm. all the time they directly lie and say no this isn't the case so that they've seen so some doubt in people's mind and hopefully there'll be surprises for some people the problem is that this time it's connected with a very hot button you know personal issue for people and so I get that, and maybe he didn't really think it through, and he thought about it more the way that all the other showrunners think about. It. I have to protect the spoiler or that spoiler. Mm-hmm. It's a tough thing, but so like the other part of it too is I guess I don't like. Yes, he went further than he should have as far as like directly like going out of his way to lie to people. It feels like it feels like again. I don't even know how much of this is true, but I, it's there is also the level where I'm just like. He literally knew for, like, what, like, eight months or six months before this happened that she was going to die. How many millions of people tweeted him asking about asking questions about this before now? <laughs> and it's like, is he literally supposed to say nothing to anyone for months and months and months? And if he didn't say anything, people would be freaking out. Any Like, he would be freaking them out anyway. So it's like... Uh, he has to engage with the fans, and he's not going to spoil his own show. So it's like... I don't know. It's a, it's a, he. I feel like he was in a tough place. Maybe he mishandled the situation. That's that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else? That's that. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to contact us with your feedback about uh, Lex's death or anything else, we'll soon have new topics, which will be sad. But you can email us at the100pod at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at the100podcast on Twitter. You can uh, check out Tumblr, the100-podcast.tumblr.com. All those 100s are 100. Also, please, again, write us or review us on iTunes. And thank you to at, uh, not at, (laughs) to Moon with three O's, 007, for leaving us a nice review this week. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be seeing you guys in a few days ish um yeah we yeah. should be recording on friday for so it should be up sometime this weekend That's um hope. also that episode is going to be the one where we do our the hundred pokemon comparisons <laughs> what <Okay>. extravaganza <laughs> yes extravaganza um just figured you know makes more sense than on this episode which not everyone will probably listen to yeah but most people will probably also turn off the podcast before we get to our Pokemon <laughs> weirdness, too. So, anyway. <laughs> Back in for some Pokemon weirdness. All right. Thank you guys for listening. May we meet again. May we meet again. <laughs>